Wake me up when November ends. Ew. I uh, adjusted that song so that we could welcome December officially to the Tennis Podcast. I feel like there's so many better ways you could have welcomed December than by closing your eyes and singing. Because I know you closed your eyes when you did that. <laughs> I did. I did close my eyes and I'm not going to tell you whether or not my hands were on the table or not. Thanks. Uh, so... <laughs> My name is Nick Amell. I am the one and only host of the Tennis Podcast. Yeah, I'm Brandon. I'm the sidekick host, which would make me the other host. And the sidekick host, mm-hmm. yeah, it means that we could we could take or leave your presence here on the show, but I'm required to get this show on track, and I'm going to get it on track now by welcoming you to the show. Thank you for joining us. This is the Tennis Podcast, where every week, either myself or Brandon guess the other's top 10-ish list on anything and everything, and this is episode 111. Our Patreon members are listening early and ad-free, and we are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We're sponsored by Manscaped, we're sponsored by Bet Online. we're sponsored by Indeed. I'm just knocking them all the plugs out here early. You sound like a verbal version of a NASCAR guy's outfit. <laughs> well, tell them what we're going to be talking about today, Brandy. Today, we're talking about the Looney Tunes. <gasps> You're going to be guessing the Looney Tunes ranked as the number of appearances, the most appearances of Looney oh. Tunes. Okay, okay, okay. So, so, it's not just that he starred in a cartoon, it's that he's appeared in a cartoon, correct? Right, but generally, they don't do a lot of like, ti- like a little tiny cameo doesn't happen very often. It's usually, they're in the whole Well, I'm thing. thinking about like the big, the huge orange furry guy in Marvin Martian. He's not the star. He's, if he's been, and Porky Pig. Right. If he's been in a cartoon, if he's appeared in a cartoon, yes, it counts on here. Does Porky Pig count? Because technically he's in all of them. No, the end card does not count. What is a Looney Tune, Brandon? Can you tell the folks at home? <laughs> no, I'm not going to explain what all uh, Looney Tunes are the Warner Brothers cartoon <laughs> characters. All right. Are they still making those? Are there like new Looney Tunes? There's new versions of Looney Tunes uh, that are out. They're on HBO Max. I haven't watched any of them. They look... Actually, wait, we did start them. They're not as good as the new Mickey Mouse cartoons, which is really saying something because I strongly prefer Looney Tunes over Mickey Mouse cartoons. HBO shill over here. Jesus, Disney too. God, get a room with those two. That's where you said, asked if there's a new series. Yes, it's on HBO Max. There's only one place you can watch it. So, what can you tell me about this list? Where'd you find it? Uh, I found it on this quiz. Uh, so, I had the idea to do this list and there wasn't a collection of this data anywhere except in the answers to this online quiz. And this quiz was set up in such a way that if you guessed anything that was not on the list, anything that was out, incorrect or out of the top 10, it kicked you out of the quiz completely and you had to start all over. I would say it took me the better part of 45 minutes one evening over Thanksgiving, (laughs) over Thanksgiving uh, holiday. My wife was helping me, uh, but then she abandoned it because I was growing increasingly frustrated. Abandoned it or you? Did she abandon you entirely? Yeah, she left. The house house is empty now. It's just me. It's just me and my computer with my Looney Tunes research on it. Good. But then I, once I had the full list, I verified it with Wikipedia. All 10 guesses on here are possible without like cheating or looking. There is one on here that is exceedingly difficult though. It's the one that I got tripped up on. 
and we will cross that bridge when we get there because I have some good hints for you. Okay. You said there's one like that? There's only one that is difficult. The rest of these are like all these characters are off the top of your head. It's really just a matter of which one is ranked where. And for the six people in the world that don't know what Looney Tunes is, just do a quick Google search and come back to us. And then after that, fucking unsubscribe from the show. Should I go ahead and guess? Anything else you want to yeah, say? Yeah, I'll also tell you that there is a three-way tie. Oh, baby. You know oh, I love Christ. a good three-way. Uh, there's a three-way tie <laughs> for number seven. Okay. But you still have one through ten too, right? Well, yeah, there's no eight or nine. There's just three sevens. Oh, okay. Okay, I got you. Um, all right. Just to reiterate for myself, this is a ranking of Looney Tunes characters ranked by the total number of appearances they've had in any Looney Tunes cartoons. Looney Tunes or, yes, or otherwise. I guess sometimes they were called like Merry Melodies before they were also Looney Tunes. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay, well, I've done <laughs> way more research into 1920s and 1930s cartoons than I ever wanted to do. It's extremely do Looney confusing. Do Looney Tunes go back that far? Huh? Do Looney Tunes go way back to the 20s and 30s? Yes. They go back to the 20s and 30s. So, two of the animators who created uh, Looney Tunes worked for Walt Disney. And we'll get to that later when we talk about this character. But these animators and studios and producers would like get together and work and then break up and then they would mix and match. Like they, they were just all over the place throwing spaghetti at the walls trying to see like what character stuck or what formula for creating a cartoon stuck. Mm-hmm. And they would chase the newest fads and like when a talkie, uh, when you know you started to, when you were able to put audio with uh, the visual with the film, there was um, like a technological race with animation as well. So, they would leave one studio and then get together and start their own and then that would fall apart and they would split up and work with different people. And it also makes it really hard to trace like where, a, where some character started for instance, it's no, let's, uh, let's use a character that's not on here, um, like Woody Woodpecker. Ah. Now, the first instance of Woody Woodpecker does not look like the classic Woody Woodpecker that you have like in your head. Right. But the first version of him probably looks, you know, it's from the early 30s and looks kind of weird and dopey. They all look kind of different, right? Mm-hmm. And his name might not have been Woody the first time. His name might have been like <laughs> Killer the Woodpecker. Well, isn't that true with Mickey too? Wasn't he called Steamboat Willie first time? Or am I getting mixed up? I think he was always called Mickey Mouse. But yeah, there, well, yes, there's characters on this list today that had, you know, different names at different stages. Okay. Yeah, it was all a mess. I have a pretty strong guess for number one. Would you say that my number one is a safe bet? Yes. As I tend to do, I usually try to guess the back half of the top 10 first. And I'm going to start with someone, hmm, I'll say 9 or 10, Yosemite Sam. No, there is no, there is no 9. Remember, there's three sevens. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. But uh, no, Yosemite Sam is not in the top 10, which is very disappointing because he's one of my favorite characters. Because you love loud rednecks that shoot guns? No, oh, because he... <laughs> Because he's so easy to like rile up and get upset and when he does get <laughs> a, upset, he says funny like redneck things like tarnation and he shoots guns and he gets 
He just gets really bent out of shape. That makes for a fun character on a cartoon. That's like the big rooster. What's the uh, foghorn leghorn? Yeah, it's him. <laughs> Is he <laughs> anybody's favorite Looney Tune? <laughs> I don't know, but I did like him because, yeah. He was funny. I can hear his like, voice in my head. I don't know. He just doesn't seem to be anybody's favorite. Well, have you done a fucking poll uh, on Times Square of like random people? Well, he's not in the top 10. Spoiler. <laughs> okay. No, Marvin Martian. Unfortunately, not uh, Yosemite Sam. And no, not Marvin the Martian either. Huh. All right. Well, uh, Porky Pig has got to be like five or six. Porky Pig is number two. What the fuck? Brandon, are you making this list up on the spot? No, Porky Pig has appeared in 147 cartoons. I'm sorry. Does this include the, the newest with HBO Max or does it predate that? Yeah, this is for since forever. Okay. I just didn't know. No, this is since forever. Since Caveman first drew Porky Pig? He was created in the mid-30s. He's been around since before who I think we both all or who all know number one is. Hmm. Uh, And he's one of those characters that went through lots of iterations before he ended up as the Porky Pig that we all recognize. He started out pretty fat. He was just straight up. (laughs) He was just straight up around. Well, that... And they would sometimes just call them like fat... <laughs> he just called them like fat pig. <laughs> In fact, there was a time during World War II, it was like 19, 1941 to 1942, they switched up Porky Pig's design and went back to like a, a fat design <laughs> and everyone got upset about it. They said like, you know, he's too gross and fat. <laughs> they, wanted, they wanted him back. <laughs> It's just like Jer- the Jared from Subway in his real life. People were saying, you're too gross and fat. That's what made him become Jared from Subway. Porky the Pig was designed from the beginning to portray the everyman or the straight man to a wacky friend uh, or another sidekick. He, like many Looney Tunes, is voiced by Mel Blanc. And as he pointed out earlier, he does appear at the end of most Looney Tunes cartoons. He bursts through uh, the... <laughs> he does. You make it sound so violent. <laughs> like he tears his way through. Uh... <laughs> like who knows who he's, who he's killed on his way there. <laughs> like a linebacker tearing through like paper that says <laughs> the team name on it as he takes the field. Yep. No, he said he bursts through there and says, "That's all, folks." You know, stuttering. Yep. You know, I'm looking at pictures of him now. Yeah. And his modern design, or I guess his design for you know however many years, his current design, he's not even really that fat. I mean, he's like the bare minimum fat for a pig. Yeah, but he would be. A, other than that, he's he's a pretty yeah. yeah pretty in shape for a pig. But his old design, <laughs> his old design, he was an orb. Hey, is Porky Pig, maybe you're going to get into this, but did he evolve first? Was his first appearance with the Big Bad Wolf in those old cartoons? Yes, the... he was okay. one of, yes, he was one of the pigs with two brothers. It wasn't that, it wasn't the, like the three pigs that I think you're thinking of. There's an early, actually, I think that's an early Disney cartoon. There's been a lot, many versions of the three pigs, right. I think. I think you might be right. I think that is a Disney yeah. uh, production. There used to be a lot of like funny fat pigs in cartoons. It was a good go-to. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't wear pants. No, why wear pants? Well, if Mo- you can get away with not wearing pants, 
don't do it. Well, a lot of the Looney Tunes don't wear pants because they're animals. But I think the thing that makes it awkward for Porky to not wear pants is that he does wear top halves. Like, he wears Mm -hmm. a jacket and a bow tie. So, he is aware of, like, the need to cover his body. But... The jacket is open, though. The jacket is open. That's true. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. But pigs aren't covered with fur like a rabbit or with feathers like a bird a or rabbit, a duck. rabbit, you say. Mm-hmm. It's just skin. Yeah. Delicious, beautiful skin. And he's also got like Caucasian colored flesh. So, <laughs> it looks like he should have something there. Well, when you got it, you got to strut it, Brandon. He doesn't got it. He doesn't strut. He stutters. <laughs> what do you want me to say? I agree with you. The pig should wear pants. Maybe that's why he stutters. Well, see, I'm looking through pictures and he does wear clothes sometimes, like in various scenes. Yeah, he'll put clothes on, but when he, like, when he wears, like, business casual, he just takes his pants off. (laughs) You and him have something in common. So, we were talking about, you know, he started out, like, a lot of these characters uh, in the 30s in black and white cartoons. And Mm -hmm. there was a very short black and white cartoon that was made in 1938 as part of a Warner Brothers blooper reel. It was made to be like a joke as a blooper, like, you know, an animated character had an outtake. And it was finally shown on the Warner Brothers 50th anniversary TV show. Uh, Porky in this old cartoon is shown doing some carpentry work. He's pounding nails and he smacks his thumb with a hammer. Mm Mm-hmm. And grimacing in pain, he cries. Okay, I'm going to re- try to recreate it. He says, oh, son of a bit, bit, son of a bit, bit uh, son of a bit, bit, bit gun. <laughs> and then he turns to the viewers and says, ha, 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 you thought I was going to say s- son of a bitch, didn't you? Oh. Yeah. What? Porky says bitch. He says it? Yes. No way. Yes. No, I don't believe it. Oh, that's nope. what I read on the internet. <laughs> you didn't actually see it? No, I didn't get I it. I see a still. Of it, of him hitting his thumb right now on Google. Let me see if I can find it on. But you said they showed it in the, yeah, in 2006, the so-called blooper. Yeah, it's in the box set. Though the blooper was made a year before Gone with the Wind famously used the word damn. How far has the world come <laughs> since the, the word damn was used for the first time in a film? Oh, I'm watching it. <laughs> it is kind of cute to see him say bitch. I'm watching it too. It doesn't come across as menacing from Porky Pig. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's really cute, isn't it? Yeah, I'm going to interlay the audio of that into this episode for our, for our loyal listeners to hear. Oh, you can do that? that? Is cute. Yeah. Son of a bitch. I can do all kinds of shit if you just pay attention to me once in a while, Brandon. Well, I'm screaming for your attention. <laughs> Well, speaking of screaming for attention, that's another thing I think is notable about Porky Pig. He plays a loyal sidekick uh, to other characters, whereas some of the other characters we'll talk about today refuse to play second banana. Yep. And that's one thing that sets Porky apart. He's always willing to play the straight man or the sidekick. He very rarely gets his own chance to tell jokes. So, you are this podcast, Porky Pig. <laughs> right. So, that's Porky Is, Pig. He's number two. 
You mentioned some of his cartoons being in the 30s, including the blooper we just raved about. Mm -hmm. Is he the one of the older, oldest? Yes. On the top. Now, because who I thought was number two was a certain uh, duck mm -hmm. that I'm going to guess came later. Is that true? Yes. Okay. I'm going to save that though. Let me go with another second half of the list guess with Tweety Bird. Tweety Bird is number 10 on the list. I knew it. He's had 42 total appearances. That seems kind of low when you think now, about it. Something I just realized about Tweety Bird while doing the research for this. Calvin ass. Maybe this makes me an idiot, but I didn't know this before and I feel stupid that I didn't realize it before. The name Tweety is a play on words as it originally meant sweetie along with tweet also being an English onomatopoeia for the sound of a bird. So, you know, he can't say, he doesn't say his S's, his K's, or his G's. He, okay. you know, he, instead of saying pussycat, he says putty tat. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying... You didn't know that Tweety was not supposed to be Sweetie? I did not know that. I didn't know that Tweety meant Sweetie. Tweety pie. Can you hang on a second? I need to put you on hold for just a second. Yeah, I'd like to check a patient in to the <laughs> mental hospital. I didn't know that. Why did you I... You be here by morning? Okay. All right, I'm back, Brandon. Was that obvious to everyone else? I think so. I never put that together. What was it, you know, one of the things that I hear from listeners most often about like facts they learned on the show for uh -huh. the first time, our show, is how Maggie in Simpsons is short for, she's named after March, right? Yeah, Margaret. Maggie's yeah. a shortened for, yeah. So, I'm just, well, this is one of those moments for you. Again, yeah, because you... It's, yeah, you're, yeah, you're being condescending to me, but maybe there's other people who are like, oh, fuck, it does mean sweetie. Well, for everyone else, I understand, but for you... <laughs> no slack. No slack. He is a male yellow canary. I know that sometimes uh, he's been seen as possibly female, but he is huh. a little male bird. Yeah, uh, I guess I didn't know that. Also, I didn't think about it really. voiced by Mel Blank. In some of his early appearances in Bob Clampett cartoons, Tweety was a very aggressive character who would try anything to foil his foe, even kicking his enemy when he's down. <laughs> <laughs> See, I guess Tweety used to be like a pipe swinging, kick you while you're down, kind of hard ass bird. Out. Yeah. Well, wasn't he owned by that old lady? Yeah, Granny. Granny. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Granny never caught him doing stuff. She was caught the cat. Because he was such a Tweety heart, Tweety bird. Yeah, he did play like pretty innocent. Most of the time he was pretty innocent. I think that aggressive part was dropped early on. <laughs> he doesn't really, he just kind of hangs out and his aggressors are usually victims of their own lust for bird meat. <laughs> I'm, oh yeah, that's right because it's usually other animals trying to eat him. Right. right. As far as eating goes, Tweety's all head. Right. There's no, no no ass to him. No, you'd you'd have to... No meat on those bones. You'd have to really be hungry for head and feet, for brains and feet. Right. Well, maybe Jeffrey Dahmer is a good candidate. Do you like Tweety Bird? Uh, he's not in my top 10, but I don't dislike him. I guess my problem with Tweety Bird isn't him or the cartoons. It's the association with, I feel like there is a certain section of American society that 
really loves to use the Looney Tunes characters as their personality. You're going to have to elaborate. Like they put stickers on it. Like they'll put stickers on their car of them or they wear them on their t-shirts. Like Garfield hating Mondays, right? Something about it just doesn't sit right with me. So, we got Tweety Bird at 10 with 42 appearances and listener of the show Porky Pig at number 2 with 147 appearances. It's a pretty big gap. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, anything else on Tweety Bird who you don't like? Nope, don't like him. Do you not like him because he's cute and cuddly? No, he just doesn't, I mean, he's innocent and he is like cute but he doesn't really make me laugh. He doesn't do very much. He just kind of hangs out in that little bird cage and gets not eaten. There's something to be said for that though. He's a survivor. Uh, sure. Let me think. So, Marvin Martian's out. Yosemite Sam is out. Isn't there a mouse? Speedy Gonzalez? Is that a Looney Tune? Yeah, Speedy Gonzalez is one of the characters tied for number seven. He has oh. 45 appearances. Only three more than Tweety. Now, Speedy is also voiced by Mel Blanc. We haven't seen Speedy in a while because... Uh, because it's fucking racist. <laughs> okay. I, is that why? Yeah. Is it? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm saying that's... I know that's why I haven't watched Speedy Gonzalez in a long time. The note is that Cartoon Network felt that the character presented an offensive Mexican stereotype. Yeah. So, they gained exclusive rights to broadcast Speedy's films in 1999 and then purposely shelved them. Despite all the controversy over these potentially offensive characterizations, Speedy was a, remained a popular character in Latin America. The Hispanic American Rights Organization League of United Latin American Citizens called Speedy a cultural icon and thousands of users registered their support for the character on hispaniconline.com message boards. Yeah, Yeah, I have that bookmarked. You don't have that bookmarked? Those fan campaigns to put Speedy back on the air resulted in the return of his cartoons to Cartoon Network just three years later in 2002. They did air with a disclaimer at the beginning that like these cartoons were the product of a different time. I guess I didn't think that they were racist. Like he has an exaggerated accent, but all of the Looney Tunes characters have ridiculously exaggerated accents and speech patterns. So I didn't right. make that as like, ha ha, he's Spanish speaker. It was like, he's a Looney Tune. They all speak ridiculous because it's funny. Well, you could say that Yosemite Sam or Foghorn Leghorn were not racist, but... Um, stereotyping Southern. Stereotyping, yeah. Yeah. Right. But I am looking at a picture of... I, I did a Google search of Speedy Gonzalez and he does say, Arriba, Arriba, when he runs. Yeah, and that he is means... wearing a huge uh, sombrero. Yeah, but that's because he's from Mexico. That's how... No, I, I get it. Those are just traditional outfits of men and boys in rural Mexican villages. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that this happened back in 1999 when like the cancel culture of today hadn't really yeah they're they like preemptively shelved these yeah that's uh what he would yell when he was running around he would say andale andale arriba arriba epa epa yeehaw (laughs) i have no like i've definitely seen them but i have no like nostalgic you know thump in my heart when i hear speedy gonzalez i do i'm indifferent to him 
I, re- I mean, I just remember all the Looney Tunes from when I was a kid. They, yeah, they still played uh, Speedy. So, I saw plenty of Speedy cartoons and he was funny. Yeah. There was nothing bad. Like, he was fast, like ridiculously fast and no one could catch him. And he was a hit with the lady mice. That's right. In a lot of cartoons, when the mice would decide to get Speedy to help them, one mouse would say something like, Speedy Gonzalez is a friend of my sister. And another mouse would say, Speedy Gonzalez is a friend of everyone's sister. So, he, yeah. Is that a Mexican stereotype of some sort? No. He just liked all the, all the chicks liked him. You got to imagine because they don't show this in the, the cartoon, but Speedy's fucking. Yeah, right? he's a mouse. Like That's when what the camera's not on. Yeah. When he's not getting chased by El Gringo Pussygato. Yeah. Uh, he would constantly outsmart that El Gringo Pussygato. Mm-hmm outsmart him or outrun him and cause that cat to suffer all manner of pain and humiliation from mousetraps to accidentally consuming large amounts of Tabasco hot sauce. (laughs) (laughs) It's so stupid. I love it. Uh, Do you remember Speedy's cousin Slowpoke Rodriguez? Yes. Yeah, because I'm seeing a picture of him. (laughs) Man, that one one was funny as hell too. He would say... The slowest mouse in all Mexico. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, you're, you're giving me a hankering to watch it because I have not watched these since I was like a teenager. Yeah, like I said, they're on HBO. I've been watching them lately and they still get me. Uh, Slowpoke regularly got into trouble that would require uh, Speedy to save him. But one cat in the, uh, the film Mexicali Schmoes said that as if to compensate for his slowness, uh, he said, Slowpoke Rodriguez, he pack a gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so he's packing? Yeah. <laughs> there is some very, like if you go back and watch those, because I, I have watched a few, uh, you know, the, a few years ago with my kids and there was one where um, it's a chicken farm. Uh-huh. And there's a there's a Hitler chicken as well, or rooster. Yeah, we're uh, going to talk more di- about Hitler later too. Okay. So, I use that as another example to be like, there's some very adult themes in some of these. Yeah, they're always smoking and drinking. Yeah. <laughs> Shooting each other in the face with handguns. <laughs> and fucking, fucking the ladies. Yeah. That's Speedy tied for number seven. I'm surprised to see Speedy on the list. Some of the others I mentioned not. I don't like that. Okay. Um, well, you mentioned El Gringo Pussycat. El Gringo Pussycato? Yeah. Old Sylvester. Sylvester the cat is number four on the list. Because that's Tweety's enemy as well. Right. So, Sylvester the cat was paired with Speedy Gonzalez and Tweety, Tweety Bird, which definitely helps boost it. He has 103 appearances. So, if Speedy's got 45, Tweety's got 42. And then there's a handful of others where Sylvester was, sometimes he was the hero or he was the prey of a, of a dog, of like a junkyard dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. His full name is Sylvester James Pussycat. I uh-huh. mentioned he was often paired with Tweety or Speedy. He is characterized, I didn't realize this, but I agree with this characterization of him. He is proud and persistent, uh, although he still yeah. always loses. Because he's a bad guy usually, right? He's usually the bad guy. He also, I forgot about this, but he gets paired with Porky, 
sometimes usually when they're like exploring a spooky place and he's very he's a scare he's literally is a scaredy cat Mm -hmm. also voiced by mel blank uh who said that sylvester's voice is very much like his own excluding the lisp you know what's his name mel what mel blank He's kind of full of himself, huh? Voicing all these cartoons. Yeah. Do you well, think he's better than us? There's a long Wikipedia article on Mel Blanc and he did voice. Basically, it all comes down to he voiced a shitload of Looney Tunes characters. He was extremely talented. But the thing I found most interesting about Mel Blanc and the one note about him I made. <laughs> this is so stupid, but the one takeaway I had about Mel Blanc is he retired from voice acting at like age 89 and died the next year. But he died of emphysema and cardiac issues related to smoking. I want you to guess, at what age did Mel Blanc begin smoking? 13. Earlier. Eight. Nine. Wow. (laughs) Well, he lived another 80 years. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, he lived to a ripe old age. I took to have as many smoky treats as he wanted. But God. <laughs> I just like, I was imagining my, my kid is about a year away from being nine. I thought about like, wow, that's imagine, a weird thought. You know, <laughs> choosing between like a starburst and like a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. Next time you take him to the store, instead of asking for a toy, he asks for a pack of smokes. He wants some, na- <laughs> some of these native, what are they called? American spirits. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, that is a weird thought. If you wonder what yeah. Mel Blank sounded like, his real voice, it was close to Sylvester's, except for the over exaggerated lisp. And you know, Sylvester had a mini me. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The one other. Sylvester was a pretty. It was like the Swiss Army knife of Looney Tunes. He appeared with lots of different characters in different types of roles. And one of them, uh, he played a hapless mouse-catching instructor to his son, Sylvester Jr. Sorry, just the idea of a cat having a son that lives with him. Yeah, and and it looks exactly like Sylvester, exact same size head just on a tiny body. Mm -hmm. And the mouse in some of those episodes was a powerful baby kangaroo. And he would like mistake it for a giant mouse, you know, like. <laughs> That's right. The kid would see the mouse, the kid would see a little mouse go around the corner and Sylvester would go around the corner and this <laughs> baby kangaroo would beat the shit out of him with his giant feet <laughs> and he would come back all fucked up and his son is like, my dad is a loser. We take all this shit for granted now, but some of that shit is like, that's fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, it's fucking funny. It is funny. Yeah, it says, yeah. Uh, his alternately confident and bewildered episodes bring his son to shame, while Sylvester himself <laughs> is reduced to nervous breakdowns. Oh, fuck. Is that a Wikipedia quote? Yeah, and at the end, he does, like, <laughs> the end of those episodes, he does kind of twitch and mutter to himself. Yeah, it is kind of sad. Yeah, he he's, he gets broken. Like his soul gets broken in during the course of that seven minute cartoon and we're just laughing our asses off. So, that's <laughs> Sylvester at number four. How often do you finish a recording with me and then start twitching? <laughs> yeah, not often. Well, there's, you know, Brandon, uh, as far as I know, he never goes back and listens to our episodes after he records him. 
And this is a part where he jumps in and reminds me that he's a machine doing output and he doesn't have time for input or whatever the fuck That's right. Says. I'm the fucking Terminator of podcasting. But I do listen back because I have to when I'm editing them. Mm-hmm. Painstakingly for hours and doing over 100 episodes now, I am very intimately familiar with all of Brandon's little quirks and twitches and, and tells that he does when speaking. Mm-hmm. And I can tell when he's legitimately annoyed or frustrated. In the last few episodes, Brandon has been pretty annoyed and frustrated at me to the point where I'm like nervous to continue editing. So It's good. You need to stay on your toes. Yeah. Do you remember Sylvester's catchphrase? Suffering succotash. Suffering succotash. Which means what? What is succotash? It's a play on a curse that I think is kind of out of style now called sufferance. Uh, people say suffering savior. Which I guess is a way to use the Lord's name in vain without saying, Jesus Christ. Yeah. The Lord, our Savior, my Savior. Suffer and Savior. I'm extremely confident in number one and three. So, I'm going to try to save him to the very end. So, if three and one is who I think it is and two and four are already taken by Porky and Sylvester respectively, that means number five has to be Elmer Fudd. Number five is Elmer Fudd. Fucking, nope. We're pausing here to... Pat yourself on the back. To bask, Brandon, you have to admit that... I don't have to admit nothing. The average motherfucker on the street would not get exactly number five Elmer Fudd. I think, well, that's really is more of a sad comment on the average motherfucker on the street. But yes, you're right. Let's give everyone a few seconds of silence here to while they're listening, they can virtually reach out and pat me on the back. All right, let's give them to a count of five. Okay, hold on a second. All those backpats felt pretty good. I could feel them coming cut, through the... You got to cut that shit out earlier about, about Fat Porky because I messed up. It was Fat Elmer. Oh, well, I saw Fat Porky in the Yeah, there pictures. was, but that's the thing. There was a Fat Porky. They just didn't reintroduce Fat Porky. <laughs> they reintroduced Fat Elmer. I'll get to that. Okay. Elmer Fudd is number five, 60 appearances. Yeah, I mentioned Fat Porky earlier. They did have Fat Porky. But they didn't reintroduce a fat porky. I got that mixed up with my other fat character, Elmer. <laughs> All right, everyone, Brandon messed up a note. Take a drink. For a short time in 1941-1942, Elmer's appearance was modified for five cartoons. So he's one of the only characters on here that was not voiced mainly by Mel Blanc. He was voiced by... By egomaniac Mel Blanc. Yeah, by, by voice actor Arthur Q. Bryan. During this short time in 1941-1942 when America is like gearing up to go to war, we're like, what are we going to do to get everybody to rally around the flag? Let's change Elmer's appearance for five cartoons to make him more a heavyset beer-bellied character patterned after Arthur Q. Bryan's real-life appearance. No way. I'm sending you a picture that you have to pause and take a look at. Is this Fat Elmer? (laughs) Oh, no, Fat Elmer. (laughs) Where is Teeth? You know, there's a lot of co-eds who got an Ed Kemper's car, and that's one of the last things they saw. Oh, come on. That was terrible. Isn't that exactly what that looks like? Old Bumblebutt himself. Holy shit. Holy shit. Wow. Well, you're right. So, you're saying that they based this anim- this style 
on the real life voice actor. Yeah, what because an insult. that's some shit. If so, <laughs> I know. I mean, he's not stupid. He has to know. But you're saying that the American people complained and they wanted their skinny Elmer back, right? Yeah, audiences did not accept a fat FUD. I don't accept it either. Yeah. I do not like it. Yeah. That last one you sent ought to be a meme. That's fucking gold. All right. Please continue with Elmer FUD. Fat Elmer. So, yeah. Sorry. It was Fat Elmer that debuted... Uh, in 1941 and was quickly shut down. Although Fat Porky has popped up again from time to time. Now, Elmer Fudd's aim in life is to hunt Bugs Bunny. Wabbits. Right. He usually ends up seriously injuring himself and other (laughs) antagonizing characters. He speaks in an unusual way, replacing his R's and L's with W's. So, he often refers to Bugs Bunny as a squooey or Waskawee Wabbit. Uh-huh. His signature phrase is... What is his signature phrase? Do you know it? Oh, yes, but I'm losing... It's murky. There's a cloud over it in my mind. What is it? It says, be very, very quiet. Oh. I'm hunting wabbits. Mm-hmm. And his trademark and laughter, he, he laughs like... Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it, Brandon. Good job. So, yeah, he started out as... A would-be hunter, dupe, and foil for Bugs Bunny. And then dupe. that... <laughs> dupe. He was created to be a dupe. And that would remain yeah. his role forever after. Although Bugs Bunny was called upon to outwit many more worthy opponents, Elmer somehow remained uh, one of his classic nemesis. Despite or because of his legendary gullibility, small size, short temper... <laughs> And shorter attention span. I just wanted to point Every out... Every negative in the book. Yeah, somebody... One, it sounded like they're reading Donald Trump's biography. Also, I just love how those like two sentences of his wiki article just throw in like... All it, kinds it was of like 10 or 12 different insults just in those two <laughs> sentences. His legendary stupidity or whatever yeah. they said. Yeah. But you know... He never, yeah, because he's always hunting Bugs or Daffy, right? He's ne- so, he's never successful on screen that we see. Is that right? No, he never murdered and ate them. Actually, I read uh, today that it's, at one point he admitted that he was a vegetarian and he only hunts for sport, which I think makes him... Oh, good. Makes him like psychotic. Most people who are vegetarian, I think, also would not kill animals. Right. For fun. <laughs> Well, it's interesting to see a cartoon character that's always got a gun with him, too. Yeah, a double-barreled shotgun. Yeah, so he could always blow his fucking head off if things go bad enough at any time. He's got a lot of head. He, that's the one thing he does have a lot of is head. Wait, were you reading my obituary? <laughs> yeah. All right, that's Elmer Fudd with 60 appearances. Kind of puzzled for the two remaining sevens and six. Let me think for a moment. Tom and Jerry aren't Looney Tunes, right? They're not. Let me point something out. So, there are two more characters that are tied for number seven with the exact Mm -hmm. same number of appearances. So, it would be, you could guess and you'd be right to guess that they've appeared in the exact same cartoons. They are a duo, an inseparable Oh, it's um, the skunks. Pepe Le Pew and 
Whatever the cat's name is. <laughs> They're so inseparable. You're just like the other one, the cat with the stripe on its back. <laughs> no, it's not them. Even more a duo like they're not friends. They are classic hunter and prey duo. Hunter and prey duo. People are punching you and kicking you in the face mentally right now. There's someone right now who's like driving to work and their commute's going bad and they're all like all frustrated and pissed off already and they're so mad that you aren't guessing this that they're going to like go into their office and like kick their coworker in the neck. They're so pent up with rage that you cannot guess this obvious... It's a high kick to get him in the neck. Well, their coworker is okay, sitting it's down a... in a chair and they do a roundhouse kick to their well, throat. You're making some assumptions that this person's working in an office environment. All right. Guess you're... Is, okay. It's a hunter and hunty yes. pairing and it's not, it doesn't include Elmer Fudd? No. He was number five. Yeah. Well, I, hang on. This is strange now. It's so not strange. Who am I forgetting? Okay. Give me another hint that doesn't give it away. I don't know. Every other hint is going to make it so fucking obvious now. Are they animals? Yes. They don't have very much dialogue. Oh, fuck. It's uh, Wile E. Coyote and Roadrunner. Yes. Okay, well, when you said hunter, you were making me think of like him. Elmer Fudd type. He's, that's... I know, but it's misleading. It's absolutely I not blame you misleading. For that. I said hunter and prey. That's absolutely not misleading. Misleading. I guarantee you people are so frustrated. Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner are tied. This was a fraud list and I'm taking it to no. the Supreme Court. They're tied with 45 appearances because they always appear together. They're a duo of cartoon characters. Uh, in each episode, the cunning, insidious, and constantly hungry coyote <laughs> it, it repeatedly attempts to catch and subsequently eat the roadrunner. Murder and kill uh, and eat, A yes. fast-running ground bird. Roadrunners do actually run fast. I didn't realize this because the only roadrunner I'd ever seen in my life is the one at our Tulsa Zoo. There's a desert area. Yeah. And there's a roadrunner in there and it just sort of scurries around, but he doesn't have enough room to like haul ass. Well, they're pretty small, right? They're small, but they can haul ass. They've been clocked at 20 miles an hour, but I also read something that said they can get up to 27 miles an hour, just like horse speed. When you consider how dainty and teeny tiny their little baby cute legs are, that is pretty something. That is impressive. They are moving in a, in a loopy tornado swirl. So, yeah, you always try to catch him, but he's never successful. Or is he? Instead of his animal instincts, the coyote uses absurdly complex contraptions, <laughs> some like Rube Goldberg devices sometimes, to try to catch his prey, which comically backfire, with the coyote often getting injured in slapstick fashion. The items that he uses to put his traps and shit together are mail-ordered from, mostly from Acme. That's a detail you don't really think about, but he does have to like put in the purchase order online or, or, or over the he phone. He does a lot of waiting. Yeah. But I think that's when he does some of his less successful and simpler schemes. Like sometimes he would just hide behind a rock and jump out and try to get him, but he would get run over or like he would hear a beep beep and he would jump out, but instead it was a bus <laughs> and it just creamed him. <laughs> in the middle of the desert, yeah. Well, another running gag involves the coyote trying in vain to shield himself with a tiny little umbrella against a giant falling boulder that's about to crush him. Right. 
Yep. And my fa- I think my favorite one running gag is when he falls off of a high cliff. After he goes over the edge, the rest of the scene is shot from the bird's eye view. Shows him falling into a canyon so deep that he is eventually lost to sight. And then one or two full seconds of silence pass and then you see a little dust cloud and it goes, it doesn't, it's never a boom or a thud. It's always like. Because it's so far yeah, away. It's always a little faint splat. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and I always thought that it was extra funny that it was a splat because it was like, like he doesn't even ex- deserve the dignity of a thud. He gets a little <laughs> flat splat. So, are we to believe that he is immortal? Because he doesn't die. Well, I mean, none of these cartoons perish. Mm. No, like you can, if you get shot in the face with a shotgun, if Elmer Elmer Fudd has shot himself with his shotgun in the face and in the ass. Yeah. You know, like he, there's two rabbit holes and he points his gun down one and the barrel comes comes up up. through the other one and shoots himself in the ass. And yeah. all it does is like hurt. It seems to hurt. For a second. Right. And it, well, or turn their face black with soot. I don't remember where I saw this, but I can, I'm recalling a scene where there was like a Looney Tune university and they were teaching all the young Looney Tunes how to be Looney Tunes. He was teaching them that you can walk on air as long as you don't look down. Uh-huh. Well, or... Because once you look down, that's when you fall. You first, you reach out with your toes and feel around. And when you feel that there's nothing there, then you gulp and then you look and then you lift up a little sign that says, help me. And then you drop and you let go and the sign hangs there for a second. Now, the help me sign, that's breaking the fourth wall. That's the character looking at the audience. Yeah, he does that a lot. Which, right. And that that definitely happens across the Looney Tunes universe, not just Wile E. Coyote, but it's definitely most prominent with Mr. Wile E. Coyote. That's like one of the signatures. Yeah, I think the Roadrunner looks at the camera too. Chuck Jones, animator Chuck Jones, modeled Wiley Coyote's appearance on fellow animator Ken Harris. I thought that was interesting because I didn't think the Coyote looked anything like a person. How could they base his appearance on a, on a person? So, I looked up Ken Harris animator and I'll be goddamned, he looks like the fucking Wiley Coyote. <laughs> Yeah, he kind of does. Yeah. Both of those animals, animals, they call them animals, the coyote and the roadrunner, they would be typically introduced, we talked about this before, they uh, introduce yeah. in similar fashion, the action slows to a halt and the caption appears with their common name and then a mock genus species name in like fake Latin. Uh, so, in the episode zoom at the top, the roadrunner is classified as an example of Disappearialis quickius. Well, the coyote was identified as overconfidenti vulgaris. But is he though? Is he really overconfident? I mean, I think the coyote's more the victim, honestly. He doesn't seem very confident. Like, when he's putting his contraption together, he just seems so excited. He seems so short-sighted. To eat. Yeah. Because he's, he's starved. Yeah. He's just like, here we go, here we go. Like, he usually looks happy and excited. He doesn't look cocky or arrogant or overconfident. Right. He just wants to eat. He just wants to do the natural order of the food chain, which is eat the prey of the bird. And I'm not saying the bird should just let him do it, but we shouldn't sit here and accuse the Wile E. Coyote of being overconfident 
or arrogant, we should commend Wiley e. Coyote for doing whatever it takes to <laughs> feed himself and for all we know, feed his family that we don't see. So, he has caught Roadrunner before. Two times. There's been two instances where Roadrunner, Roadrunner got caught by Wiley e. Coyote. Once, it, uh, Wiley e. Coyote built a giant robot coyote. <laughs> That the robot had Wiley e. Coyote in one hand and Roadrunner in the other, and he got confused and he ate Wiley e. Coyote. <laughs> and the other, the second instance. So that's it. I mean, we're to assume that that's the end of Wiley e. Coyote in that timeline. <laughs> he of... died in the belly of the steel monster you created. Uh huh. So the second instance is in the film Soup or Sonic. And I remember this one. He run Wiley e. Coyote runs into a pipe. And the pipe starts out as like his height. And then the pipe gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until it's teeny tiny. And when he comes out, he's like tiny. <laughs> it shrunk him down. And he's on the Roadrunner, but he's too small to eat him. And he holds up a wooden sign that says, okay, wise guys, you always wanted me to catch him. Now what do I do? <laughs> That's kind of clever. I forgot about that one. I remember seeing that like when I was a kid, you, that what a great idea. You just ran through a tube that got smaller and then you can shrink. Yeah, it'd be great if the world was that simple. You know, something that stood out to me is Wile E. Coyote and Roadrunner are tied at number seven. They both have 45 appearances each. 45 does not seem like that much. Before recording this today, I would have guessed there's hundreds of Wile E. Coyote does, and Roadrunner It really cartoons. doesn't. Yeah, seems like there should be more. Yep. Well, maybe I'm wrong. You know who's not wrong? are the people saying nice things about us on Apple Podcasts. Of course not. Shall I read a few? Yes. First one from Braveheart 200. Love this podcast! And then the emoji of the two hands in the air like they're praising Jesus. Do you know that one? I thought they what were doing a double high five. Yeah, I've always pictured it as like a... Ah, it's like, like your hands put are their up, hands like, up like they're giving Jesus a high five. Yeah. It's so entertaining and fun. I haven't heard any other podcast like it. I'm so happy I found something new to binge. There's like six or seven exclamations there. I usually listen to true crime pods, but with everything being so heavy right now, I'm glad to have found something light and fun. The hosts both have great voices to listen to and are both very likable. I want to be friends. Brandon, how, is that the first time you've been called likable? And is that the first time someone has said they want to be your friend? No, the answer is no to both of those. Okay. I got to tell you, Brandon, of all the reviews we read, people seem to dig your voice. Well, I did start smoking at age nine. That probably has been seasoned very well. Remember the recent one I read where the person said your voice gives them belly button tingles? Oh, yeah. Are you supposed to tingle there? No. Have you ever tingled in your belly button? Mm. Maybe I do need to listen to myself, see where I tingle. Okay, yeah, report back to us. The next one is from Acorbello92. Okay, this show has it all. A huge variety of topics, great host chemistry, and more than a few laughs. Super interesting and well done. Keep it up. Thanks. So, they, they probably wrote that review immediately after listening to one of the lists I brought, right? Super interesting and well done. Well, there's a lot this of facts about when kids started smoking in this. That is and true. And about which cartoons used to be fat. And which cartoons successfully or unsuccessfully murdered themselves or other cartoons. Anyway, if you want me to read your review on a future episode, 
you know what to do. So, I need one, three, and six. Mm -hmm. So, I'm guessing six is the one you said I would need help with because three has to be Daffy Duck. Three is Daffy Duck with 128 appearances. Daffy Duck is my favorite Looney Tunes character. Yeah, me too. He's voiced by Mel Blanc. Ah, I'm sick of this guy. Yeah. Megalomaniac Mel Blanc. Mel is uh, short for Megalomaniac. That was his. Yeah. Anthropomorphic Black Duck, usually a foil for Bugs Bunny. Do you remember Daffy Duck was originally a screwball character? Like some of the early cartoons, he hops around and goes like, woo 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 Yeah. <laughs> Including like bouncing on his own skull. <laughs> like sometimes he would jump yeah. and he would go upside down and use like spring off of his head. Yeah. Strong neck muscles to do that. But then he... Uh, must work out. But then he, you know, he came around. So, he... He became a little more cranky and like, yeah. Right. His first appearance was in Porky's Duck Hunt. 1937 paired him with you know porky he was standard like hunter and prey so in this case porky is a hunter and he's hunting this daffy duck movie theaters were blown away by daffy because he was something new he was an assertive completely unrestrained combative protagonist and i thought that was the best word to describe daffy duck in all his iterations combative Mm-hmm. You said something else that stood out to me there, movie theaters. I guess you forget that when these, are f when these cartoons are first being created, they're not on television. They're in the theaters. Yeah, some theater, I think some theaters would just show cartoons, uh, but like most theaters would show one or two cartoons before a movie. Hmm. So, you went to go see Citizen Kane and before Citizen Kane would be one or two of these like eight-minute cartoons. Yeah, you would episodes. see like a newsreel which is how you got like video news from, well, around the world, but especially during World War II, like war news, like war, war propaganda. propaganda. Yeah. And then yep. you would, yeah, watch a cartoon. It doesn't sound, that sounds so much better than, well, not the newsreel part, although I would like to watch old newsreels before I went to a movie now. But wouldn't it be a lot better instead of like three different ads to remind you to turn off your cell phone and respect the people around you that everyone is clearly ignoring and these like super obnoxious dorky ads for like coke wouldn't it be a lot better if they just showed like a daffy duck cartoon well of course but daffy needs to start paying for it you know the movies back then were like three hours long sometimes so you were in that movie theater for a, for a minute for sure. And something else I have a question about now. You mentioned war times. Was things like Looney Tunes like distributed globally or was it uh, only an American thing at first? I mean, I think they were like sometimes shown in like other English speaking countries, but no, they were, is pretty much just kept here. So, not before the, the German propaganda films in the 1940s, there wasn't a Daffy Duck cartoon? Daffy Duck was also featured in several World War II war-themed shorts. And he always remained tr true to his unbridled nature. He battles a Nazi goat intent on eating Daffy's scrap metal. In what the fuck? Well, yeah, scrap metal was used in the war and a Nazi goat. <laughs> I don't know why the no goat is a Nazi. <laughs> This goat decided that the tenets of National Socialism 
appealed to him and Mm -hmm. has somehow adopted and become recognized as a Nazi. And also, he wants to eat Daffy's scrap metal. And Daffy has to protect his scrap metal? Yeah, because he's going to donate it to the war effort. (sighs) Fucking weird. And Daffy the commando, he whacks Adolf Hitler on the head with a giant mallet. Wait a minute, there's a cartoon of Adolf Hitler? Yeah, there's a lot of cartoons with Hitler in them. I got to look it up. That was 1943 that he whacked Hitler on the head with a giant mallet. And then in 1944, he starred in Plain Daffy where he outwit Hitler, Goebbels, and Goering. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing an image in Google image search of, oh, this is Donald, not Daffy, but Donald is reading Mein Kampf. Oh, that's not good. Is this real? Oh, (laughs) I got to send you this picture of Daffy Doug about to bash Hitler on the skull. It's like a realistic looking Hitler. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Duck just looks overjoyed to bash his skull. Man, there's so much Hitler back in... It's just the fact that he looks sort of close to photorealistic (laughs) before he gets his head bashed. There's one of Joseph Stalin with Hitler too. This is some pretty dark shit. Let me ask you something. You said Daffy was your favorite. He's mine too. Yeah. Who would you take, Daffy or Donald Duck? Take like... Uh, just who do you prefer? To entertain... Yeah, Daffy Duck. I don't think any of the Disney characters are particularly funny or interesting. Wow, hot take. I can't understand anything Donald says. I love Donald because of his voice. It's so funny to me. But as an overall character and the cartoons that the character is in, Daffy Duck does win. Well, I guess uh, six is the one that I'm not going to be able to guess. So, we'll save that one for last and knock out number one, Bugs Bunny. Yeah, number one is Bugs Bunny. 167 total appearances. Even that doesn't seem like enough. No. The original voice for Bugs Bunny, just like the rest of these guys, was voiced by Mel Blanc. Bugs Bunny, in case you are born on Mars, is an anthropomorphic gray and white rabbit or hare Famous for his flippant, insouciant personality. And I had to look up what insouciant meant. It means showing lack of concern or indifferent. Which def- Lack of concern, Right, okay. yeah. He's kind That's of fair. aloof, like, yeah, whatever. Uh, he has a Brooklyn accent. He's portrayed as a trickster. And his catchphrase is, what's up, Doc? What's up, Doc? Yep. Usually eating a carrot. Early in his cartoons, he was more interested in driving his pursuers insane than escaping. (laughs) Which sounds pretty... That's like a psychological thriller plot almost. Yeah, he would torture them and... (laughs) I mean, they were trying to hunt and kill him, but he would just... Instead of escaping, he would would, uh, tear their world apart. And he's also the same size as the people hunting him. He's like a man-sized hare. Yeah, not counting his ears, he's not that tall, but... It's hard to separate him from those super tall ears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's become one of the most recognizable characters in the world. His popularity soared during World War II because of his free and easy attitude. I don't know if that's... <laughs> <laughs> he began receiving special star billing in his cartoons by 1943. By that time, Warner Brothers became the most profitable cartoon studio in the United States. He's often paired with Elmer Fudd, Yosemite Sam, and Daffy Duck. I think when he gets paired with Yosemite Sam are some of my favorites. I can't even remember any of those. When he dresses up as a girl bunny, 
he drives Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam crazy with lust. Wait, what? You know, like he dresses up like a girl bunny sometimes to trick Elmer Fudd or Yosemite Sam. Yeah. And they always fall for it. They always are like, it's not just little like, oh, that's not Bugs Bunny. That's a girl rabbit. It's not just that. They oh, are. right. They want it. They want it bad. Helplessly sexually attract. They are like, <laughs> they are. F- they turn into Pepe Le Pew. They start, yeah. They start foaming at the mouth trying to fuck this bunny. Which there's a couple of things wrong with that. One, it's a bunny, which is interspecies sex relations, yeah. which I mean, that might be fine for James Cameron's avatar, but it's not fine in the real world. And number two, it's also bugs and, and drag. All it takes is red lipstick. Yeah. And a couple of fake boobs. Hmm. You're right. He's characterized as being clever and capable of outsmarting almost anyone who antagonizes him. Includes Elmer Fudd, Yosemite Sam, Tasmanian Devil, Marvin and the Martian, Wile Coyote. You mentioned the big hairy orange monster. His name is Gossamer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the witch. Do you remember the witch? She's green and has crooked teeth. No. Uh, there's a witch character also that pops up in a few cartoons. Uh, her name is Witch Hazel. There's someone named Rocky. I don't know who that is. And Muggsy. The Crusher. Beaky Buzzard. Willoughby the dog, Count Blood Count, Daffy Duck. <laughs> then they throw in the one yeah. you recognize. Who the fuck is Count Blood Count? <laughs> oh, Count Blood Count is, I remember that. He's a vampire who also turns into a little bat. And they all want bugs for some reason. Yeah, for his blood or his body or, yeah. <laughs> his body. <laughs> yeah. The only uh, character that consistently beats Bugs Bunny in the early cartoons is um, Cecil the Turtle. The Turtle. Right. Yeah. He defeated... Because Bugs Bunny kind of started as a villain because he was the... He was uh, a dickhead. He was the <laughs> cocky dickhead that in the rabbit in the... What's that? Tortoise, the, tortoise and the hare. Yeah, the fable. Aesop's fable of the tortoise and the hare. Yeah. Well, there's another time where he was a villain. In a rare villain turn, Bugs Bunny turned to a life of crime in 1949's Rebel Rabbit, taking on the entire United States government by vandalizing monuments in an effort... What the fuck? (laughs) He turned into fucking Rambo. He vandalized monuments in an effort to prove he's worth more than the two-cent bounty on his head. He succeeds in raising the bounty to more than a million dollars and the full force of the military ends up capturing Bugs and sending him to Alcatraz. <laughs> <laughs> he, went, wow. he went like six stars in Grand Theft Auto and got the military brought out. <laughs> yeah, and only for a million bucks too. It's kind of low. Uh, in 2002, TV Guy compiled a list of the 50 greatest cartoon characters of all time as part of their 50th anniversary. And Bugs Bunny was given the honor of number one. Oh, I'm surprised. I thought Mickey would have beat him. Well, and here is the, the reasoning why. The next year, TV Guide editor talked about uh, why Bugs Bunny got the top billing. He said, his stock has never gone down. Bugs is the best example of the smart aleck American comic. He's not only a great cartoon character, he's a great comedian. He was written well. He was drawn beautifully. He is thrilled and made many generations laugh. He is tops. Uh, You mentioned Space Jam earlier. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know if this is a hot take or not. 
but I think Space Jam is dog shit. It's like a th- get the fuck out. Thirty nine year old get man. Get the fuck out. And also, as a kid, I thought Space Jam sucked. I liked it because it had Bill Murray in it. Get the fuck. The out. rest of it, I well, I recognized it as being written like it didn't match a lot of like what I knew those characters to be like. And I read something today that made me feel vindicated for that. So, when Space Jam came out, veteran Looney Tunes director Chuck Jones was critical of the film. In a 1998 interview, he expressed his view that the film was terrible. He said, as a man who worked with the characters for almost 30 years, the story was deeply flawed. (laughs) Here's his quote. I can tell you with the utmost confidence, he said, Porky Pig would never say, I think I wet myself. Jones added that, had the film been more true to the source material, Bugs Bunny would not have enlisted the help of Michael Jordan or the other Looney Tunes characters to defeat the Monstars. And moreover, it wouldn't have taken him an hour and a half. Those aliens, whether they were tiny or colossal, would have been dealt with in short order come the seven-minute mark. What's a different medium? I mean, I took his point on the first thing you said, for sure. I can't picture Porky saying that, actually. Yeah, well, I will say that's some of the stuff I noticed about, about it, that the characters would say stuff that didn't fit their character. And they just shoehorned every fucking Looney Tune into this movie. Like, (laughs) they would come in for like one stupid little line and scene and then they weren't in the rest of it. And also, Michael Jordan cannot act. Well, fuck, Brandon, I'm surprised this is so fresh in your mind. Like, when's the last time you watched Space Jam? Uh, I don't know, 25 years ago, something like that? Same year, I can't remember any of the specifics really, but... It fucking, it sucked, it stood out. This rooted itself into your subconscious. Uh, so there's Bugs Bunny at number one. All right, so that's Bugs Bunny number one. So you were starting to tell me about number six. I'll tell you that this character did not have a color version. It was only black and white. Does that mean there's been no new episodes since the black and white? No, he's a, he has appeared in a couple episodes of the new Looney Tunes I read. I haven't seen it, but he was drawn in his classic style and still black and white. Man, I don't know. So, I can't blame you for that. This one's really difficult. But I have another guest tailored just for you that may help. Okay. Hold on. Let me look, let me look up the exact wording here. So, yours is a sweet tooth. Oh, no, you know, he says, you're a portly fellow, a bit long in the waistband. So, what's your pleasure? Is it the salty snacks you crave? That's Kramer saying that. No, 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 no. Yours is a sweet tooth. Oh, you may uh-huh. stray, but you'll always return to your dark master, the cocoa bean. The cocoa bean. What does that have to do with this so character? He's trying to get. He's trying to guess something. Bosco. Bosco. The character's name is Bosco. What? I don't know Bosco. You don't know Bosco. Most people don't know Bosco. You might recognize Bosco by looking at him from old black and white cartoons that had. It was, you know, they had a lot of music and like the flowers danced and the trees danced, everybody danced and then like... Was he a monkey? I don't think... He looks like a critter. Like he could be a monkey, he could be a mouse. He's just kind of like a cute critter. So, that's one of the things we're going to talk about with Bosco. It's a little problematic. He's number six on the list with 47 total appearances, which must have all just been crammed together in the 30s. 
Yeah, what happened to this guy? So, he was an early Looney Tunes character created in 1927 by animators Hugh Harmon and Rudolph Ising, who were working for Walt Disney Studios. I mentioned this earlier. These guys would like work here, leave there. It's... Uh Uh-huh. They created him when they were working at Disney, but they didn't do anything with him. They just like sat on it. They wanted to use him to capitalize on the new talkie craze that's sweeping the motion picture industry. So, this is when they started to actually put words and then like line up or, or align music with what's going on on screen. Okay. In 1928, they registered a patent for Bosco and the patent described him as Negro Boy. <laughs> yeah, so he... Yikes. So, it talks about him being, a, you know, a negative stereotype and that he appears yeah. to be in blackface. Now, I will say just looking at Bosco, I don't think he looks like a person. He's anthropomorphic. He does look like a monkey to me, closest thing. To me, he doesn't look like Negro Boy. He has a little button for a nose, the same way that like Mickey Mouse has a black like button nose. Like your dog has a black button nose and a person doesn't. Mm -hmm. Also in the defense of how he looks, when he first appeared, his first appearance was in 1929 and the name of the cartoon was called the Talk Inc. Kid instead of Talking Talk Inc. Uh-huh. And he was explained that he was supposed to be an ink spot sort of thing. He, neither human nor animal but behaving like a little boy. So, that I get. I'm like, okay, I'm with you. He's not racist. He's just a little critter in this time when people are making racist cartoons. He's this little guy who, yes. uh, he's this little boy. But then I watch some of the cartoons and when he speaks, it's problematic. He speaks with a southern no. black dialect. His catchphrase is, mmm, that show is fine. No. And, that, and with that, like Bosco, Bosco, man, you can't say that shit. Bosco was in a shitload of cartoons before he was shelved. And canceled. So, I don't know. I just looking at him, I didn't think that he looked. I didn't think he looked like that. Well, because you didn't have the full context of Bosco. I guess not. Once he started talking, I was like, oh, fuck, Bosco. Bosco, you rascal. If you just like showed me a picture or showed me a video of this, if he didn't say anything, for God's sake, I'd be like, no, Bosco's fine. He's just a... That show would be nice if he didn't say anything. Yeah, and then he opens his mouth and I'm like, oh, shit, fucking... I found a box set of his DVDs that you can buy now and it's Bosco Uncensored. (laughs) Films from the original golden age of animation. (laughs) whipping his dick out. (laughs) (laughs) Saying whatever... Son of a bitch. ...racist things he wants. So, that's Bosco. Yeah. And by the way, for the uninitiated, the scene that Brandon was quoting earlier to get me to guess Bosco was Kramer and George in Seinfeld. Bosco. See, I I said I did watch a couple Bosco cartoons and they hold up. They're funny. Well, they're funny but they're also other things too. Well, you can watch them on YouTube and giggle at home. Or buy the uncensored box set. (laughs) If you want to see the get Bosco get really raunchy. So, you know who I'm we didn't go... talk about is uh, Tasmaniac. Yeah, Tasmanian the Devil. Tasmanian Devil is not in the top 10. He probably has, vi- let's see if I can find out how many appearances he has. I want to say he's probably down there with Marvin the Martian as very few. 
Oh, the character appeared in only five shorts before Warner Brothers cartoons shut down in 1964. And then marketing and TV appearances later propelled the character to new popularity in the 1990s. So he was only in five original ones. Yeah. You know, the guy that voiced Tasmanian Devil on the show, Tasmania, uh, also voiced Winnie the Pooh and Tigger, Jim Cummings. Yeah, it's crazy that those wildly different uh, voices can come out of like, just like one talented person. Oh, he, uh, (laughs) do you want to know about Jim Cummings' domestic abuse and rape allegations? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) He denied all the allegations Uh, and accused his wife of extortion. Yeah, she said that he raped her and abused the family dog. Mm. All right, so that's Looney Tunes. (laughs) (laughs) He also voiced Scar in The Lion King. That's where he got all his bad ideas. All right, Mm. so the Toast Top 10 Looney Tunes by number of appearances. Number 10 was Tweety Bird with 42. Number 7 was a three-way, the gross three-way tie with uh, Speedy Gonzalez, Wile E. Coyote, and Roadrunner at 45 appearances each. Number 6, Bosco, who we shall never speak of again with 47 appearances. Show is nice to have Bosco (laughs) that high. Number five, that, the high-pitched voice, that show is fun. <laughs> Number five, Elmer Fudd with 60 appearances. Number four, Sylvester the Cat, 103. Man. Number three, Daffy Duck with 128 appearances. Number two, Porky Pig, 147 appearances. And number one, Bugs Bunny, 167 cartoon appearances. Let me close this episode with this question. So, it's, it's a pretty much a fact as much as it can be a fact that Mickey Mouse is the most famous cartoon character of all time. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, you'd agree with that, right? Yes. Good or bad, Mickey Mouse is the most famous cartoon of all time. And after Mickey Mouse, I think it becomes more debatable. So, when you take Mickey Mouse's seconds, which are Goofy, Pluto, Donald Duck, Minnie Mouse, and you compare those to the Looney Tunes second. So, everyone after Bugs Bunny, Porky Pig, Daffy Duck, who wins there as far as the more famous bunch? Oh, more famous? Yeah. More recognizable, more people have seen, more nostalgia. I think it has to be the Disney Probably group. Probably the Disney group. There's been more recent stuff with them. They have like the parks, you know, their characters at the yep. parks. There's more iterations of the characters across tons of different media. But I know that's like how the rest of the world sees them, but like in my mind... Looney Tunes is a higher quality. When I think of like a funny cartoon, I think of Looney Tunes. I do not think of Disney animated shorts. They never made me laugh like Looney Tunes. Well, they're very kid-driven, kid, uh, kid audience-driven, whereas Looney Tunes can be enjoyed by pretty much any age group, especially if you're a racist, <laughs> anti-Nazi, violent, yeah. war veteran. Not if you don't like fat pigs <laughs> or fat Elmer's. It's very upsetting. Yeah. I'm saving that fat picture of Elmer I sent you. That's got to be a meme of some kind. Well, speaking of things everybody loves, everybody loves the LA Not So Confidential podcast. It's legit one of our favorite true crime podcasts brought to you by two forensic psychologists who dissect the intersections where true crime, forensic psychology, and entertainment meet. And that show, the LA Not So Confidential podcast, they had me and Brandon on the show last week for a live video podcast. 
about the smartest serial killers in history. You can check it out now at getvocal.com. This is a video podcast, so you can see our ugly asses react in real time. So just go to getvokl.com, search for LA Not So Confidential. We're on the December 5th episode. It was awesome. It was awesome, and it's definitely already happened before we record this. It was in the past. Yep, it's in the past when we're recording it. Um, so yeah, check it out. LA Not So Confidential on getvocal.com. Brandon, this has been 111th episode. Let's see. Next week will be 112, which will fall on December 16th. Okay. So, the week after that, 23rd, which will be your list again, you got to bring us something Christmassy. All right. I'm in, the, I'm in the mood for it. I'll get on it. Okay. Until then, well, not until then, until my next list, which is next week. We will see you next time. We appreciate you listening. That's all, folks. Thanks.